Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast edition. As always, on Thursdays, we talk to my good friend, Dwayne Generalissimo Patterson, Master of the Universe at H-U-G-H-N-I-B-E-R-S-E.com. Troll-free web surfing experience for Hugh Hewitt fans and listeners. And the first place you should go to when there is a massive Twitter outage. Dwayne, how did you uh, how did you survive the massive 10-minute Twitter outage of uh, July 2022 this morning? Um, look, you know, I understand. Uh, I understand the bluebird was uh, was on the uh, was on the fritz today, but I'll tell you what, you're just getting you're getting 11.3 percent less service out of Twitter. It just goes with the rest of the time. Right? <laughs> it wasn't even 11.3 percent. I mean, it was up in 10 minutes. So I mean, you know, it's a, it's uh, one of it's one of those things where, damn it, I so, have a post to promote. What the where where the hell are you, Twitter? I have a so, post to so promote. It's, so it's out. So it's outperforming. It's outperforming uh, the, uh, the the producer price index. Yeah, that, that, that was the post I was trying to promote too. Was was my PPI report, producer price index. The uh, the cost of the the index of the increase in prices of goods and services as they move through the distribution chain. Yeah, that came out this morning. That was fun. Um, it is. Yeah, it last is night. Yeah, last night uh, on the after show, uh, Ed was my guest, and we were talking about the CPI number, which was at nine point one percent, which exceeded expectations and gave everybody, uh, you know, the righteous freakout as it should. Right. Well, all of a sudden now we look at the PPI number, and it makes that nine point one look like good times, right? Good times, yeah. Celebrate good times. Come on, yeah. No, that's eleven point three percent. It's the second highest reading this year. It's the four. It's excuse me. It's the seventh seventh month in a row that the PPI has been in double digits. Year on year PPI is what we're talking about here. Um, and uh, I mean, you you heard all sorts of people talking about yesterday about how well these numbers are coming down. The White House came out said yesterday with the CPI number. Well, that number's out of date. Because my my pearly white ass is coming down. As I said (laughs) yesterday, I'm going to do it again because I want to make sure people truly understand this. So when they hear the spin coming out of the White House, they know that they are being lied to. When they say it's peaked, it's peaked, it's peaked. Number one, they said it peaked in December. Right. It was no peak in December. But when they say, "Oh, it's peak now," it, everything you know, gas prices are forty cents less. It, it's coming down. It's coming down. Two things about that: number one, diesel prices have come down sixteen cents after going up three bucks in in, in the last year and a half. Yeah. Right. Right. How does all of these goods and services that are coming into the country that we don't make here, and even the stuff that we do make here? How does it get from where it's made, whether it's abroad or here, how does it get from there to the next point of manufacturing or to the wholesaler or to the retailer or ultimately to you? How uh, does it get there? I think it's on trucks, isn't it? Wasn't that it's a big, on trucks. And, that was and a big are, part of the supply chain issue, wasn't and, it? Was and, that the and trucks what, were sidelined. And, and what do those trucks run on? Uh Last I I heard it was on uh, the on diesel. Uh, oh no right? no no no! I thought it was on climate change uh, climate change methane free farts. Uh, unicorn farts. Unicorn and, farts. And yes. yes. Um, and and those trucks that have those containers. Um, where, where do those trucks? Uh, where where do a lot of those trucks get those containers from? Where where do those containers get loaded onto those trucks? Uh, on onto docks. 
From from where? From from from, from ports uh, where where ships come in and unload. And and those and those ships are they're they're sail driven, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's a whole, they, they have a crew of a thousand men that are just doing this. Yeah. How how, the sails, how do those yes. how do how do those boats propel the, the, the across the ocean? Uh, well. It's petroleum based. I, I'm not sure if it's diesel or if there's a or if it's gasoline or but it's petroleum based fuel is what it is. And and uh, you don't and, have and, it's it's not the scene from from Ben Hur where um where you've got stroke, uh, you know, stroke, stroke. Stroke. yeah um, attack sorry, speed revving speed I almost I almost pulled a Jeffrey two in there and I, and I apologize for that. Um, so it and and. If you are not on the coast where you've got ports where the where the ships are are docking and go straight from the trucks, if you're in the interior of the country, how do those materials get from the boats to the trucks on the interior of the country? Well, again, it's it's through diesel prices. So yes, I I, I mean we're belaboring the point here. No, I understand. Diesel prices have not come down anywhere near enough to get to peak inflation. And to the so, and to your point last night, and I, and I make that point again today, peak inflation would actually be zero point zero percent, or exactly or if right. you or if you want to get really technical, anything below two point zero percent, two point zero percent being the Fed target for inflation, right? So I'll, I'll grant, even, I, although I didn't put that in the post, I'll grant 2.0%. We're at 11.3%. Just, yeah, just for giggles, give them 2% as, as a flat line, just, right. to, just to, to have a continued growth. But for them to say it's peaked, we have to go through a month where we are below, at 2% or below, or negative, negative price increases, to actually show that you've actually hit the peak and are starting to come down in price. Right. If 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 you're going from a, a PPI number of eleven point three, and next month it's at ten point one, and they start saying, "See, it's peaked, it's peaked." No, it means it's ten percent higher than it was a year ago. It means uh, month to month, instead of it being one point one. It might be 0.6. It might be 0.7. It's still going to be higher than it was this last month. And this last month, we've already established, sucked. Right. Yes, it, it sucked. And so, yeah, we're very, 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 very far away from a peak. And and with the producer price index, those those price increases along distribution chains will eventually They're get leading indicators. Leading indicators for what inflation. The, what the CPI is going to be. Yeah. So you're going to be see, you're going to be seeing larger numbers in the CPI for the next several months as the, as these issues get worked out. Because of course, when price increases hit um, producers and distributors, it gets passed along. Price I, increases I get seen, passed along to the end use consumer. I have seen sane economic forecasting that shows that all the way through the election of 24, um, we are gonna be looking at, at inflation rate CPI numbers you know, bottoming out at about 6%. And yeah. I'm sure the Biden administration is going to be saying, see, we, we're, we're finally back down to normal. They're they're going to try to redefine normal as a 6% inflation. They're rate. already trying to redefine normal. <laughs> they're trying to again, redefine, they're trying to redefine the CPI yesterday as, as well, not quite normal, but on the way to normal, right? And, well, we're, and, we're turning the corner. 
Right. And that and that quote new normal of six percent that they would be talking about a year from now is six percent higher than what it is now, which is inflated. Right. So let me ask you this for really turning the corner on this, because this is this this is a supply uh, related um, inflation and in and, and at least two different contexts. One is monetary supply, which the Federal Reserve is now trying to choke off. But they've flooded the zone over the last decade, and especially over the last two and a half years, with uh, free money. And they're trying to get a handle on it. So that's one of the supply issues. The other is a supply shortage issue. And Dwayne, you go to the grocery store, right? Um, you and your wife go to the grocery store every week? Stock up uh, yeah. on goods? For, fortunately, fortunately uh, I don't need baby formula. Otherwise, I'd be having to collect. Well, I'm going to get to the formula in just a second. But just generally speaking, are all the shelves fully stocked in your grocery no, store no. Are, are, do you have do you have the same range of choices that you had even maybe a year ago year and a half ago even absolutely during the pandemic not. no absolutely of course not. not no i mean we have seen nothing but shortages over the last year and a half even though we're out of the pandemic and there aren't any uh you know uh, pandemic related uh mandates for uh, you know distancing or anything else like that in production facilities any longer we still don't have uh, a full production of goods and, and, and materials. And and the infant formula I'm going to get to, but that's also part of the problem here is that you have shortages in these goods, so you don't get things like sale items at the grocery store any longer. You're paying full price for pretty much everything these days. There's some coupon stuff going on. For and the most part, addition, that stuff has gone away. And in addition, in, in a lot of cases, stuff that you're buying is packaged in smaller quantities. Yeah, that's the, uh, what's that called? That's shrinkflation, shrinkflation, Shrink, right? Shrinkflation is going on too. I mean, it's, it's, it's every, everything that you kind of read about if you studied economics and looked at the 1970s and looked at what we went through in, uh, in, in the Jimmy Carter administration, because a lot of people weren't alive or sentient around that period of time. All of that stuff we're studying, or, or you were studying in in, a, in, a, in economic history, is happening right now. I mean, this is. I, I hope I hope everybody out there that voted for uh, Joe Biden. I hope everybody out there that thought that, hey, cool, this the stimulus thing. We got a bunch of free money. We got all these Biden bucks. I hope I hope you got something really nice and shiny with those Biden bucks, because now you're paying for it. And right. you're going to be paying for it for a long, long time. Jason Furman yesterday, or the day before yesterday, no, yesterday, because it was after the CPI number came out, calculated that over the past year, American workers have actually lost 3.6% of their salary thanks to Bidenflation. Now, if we're going to call, you know, the, the gas price increase, you know, the Putin the Putin price hike, which is what how Joe Biden wants to label this thing, um, I think we need to call this the Biden pay cut. You, everybody has gotten a 3.6% Biden pay cut over the last year. And it's going to get worse because right. inflation is going to continue to outstrip wage gains. And to the extent that wage gains try to catch up with that, then you get into the um, then you get into the wage price cycle, right? Uh, which is very destructive. That's, that's right. one of the things that, that starts accelerating inflation rather than slowing it down. The White House likes to crow about, well, wait, wage growth is up, wage growth is up, and that's all they want to talk about. The inflation thing, ah, we got a handle on that. Everything's about wage growth. Okay, well, that wage growth may have been accurate for a period of time as companies were trying to staff up coming out of the pandemic. 
And that's what the Biden administration was claiming victory in, is, is there was a there was a, a competition for workers out there because we had a worker shortage, right? Right. So wages quote went up. That's happened. That was a one that was a one period of time event. That was like a one season event. Have have as as wage growth maintained that same level of growth since? Um, no, I mean, well, it's 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 actually maintained relatively the same level of growth if you're following the the jobs reports, but it's also way below <laughs> inflation. You know, the, the the jobs reports do track uh, wage growth, but it's not inflation adjusted. It's just nominal. So yes, nominally speaking, wages have grown. The problem is, is that uh, hey, thanks no, to inflation, the buying no, power of it has you're, you're, has been okay. has been completely eroded. You're missing what I'm saying. It, it grew for a period of time as companies started to ramp up. You're getting to a season now where our wages, you know, month to month, are they a percent higher than they were a month ago? Are, yeah. Is it, I mean, yeah. Maybe, I mean, I mean, if you took a look at the last jobs report, you'd see that, yes, it's still up 5% over the year before. That It's actually, it, it is actually keeping pace. You got to look at the, you got to look at like the bottom few paragraphs of the jobs report because they do track that. But the problem is, is that it's way below inflation. It's still, it's still way below. Right. I, nominally speaking me, though, nominally speaking, yes. Nominally speaking is. But, but practically speaking, no, you're right. losing, you're losing buying power, which is what the real metric is or should be. You're losing buying power every month. And, right. and, and that's for people whose wages are actually getting indexed to inflation. Right. Because, you know, I, I'm not complaining. I make, very good money work doing what I do. So I'm not going to complain, but right. I'm not no, getting, I, I'm not getting these, I'm not getting these increases month to month. What I'm hearing from people that did get a bump in pay, they got that bump in pay six months ago, nine months ago, something like that. They got a bump in pay. They didn't get another bump in pay because their company said, Hey, you know, inflation has gone up quite a bit. So we're going to give you another adjustment. They got a one-time adjustment and they're, and they're living off of that, that one-time adjustment. They're not continuing to get a cola every two months because the inflation right. rate is going up. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Right, right. The rest of us are just, we're, sta we're nominally stagnating, but we're moving even quicker backwards that's because of I'm, inflation. Yes, that's you're right. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. All right. And then so we we can now get to maybe the, the baby formula shortage, right? Because this has been off the radar screen for a while, right? The baby formula shortage got a lot of attention in May. Well, it's been what? off the shelves. It's been off the airplanes. It's been <laughs> off the radar screen. It's baby formula has been pretty much off. of. It's been off of everything. It's, it's been off yes, of it has. Babies. It's yes, been it, off of everything. Yes, it has. And the Biden administration said that they were all over this when they launched they that website. Top men on it. Top, top men. Top men on it. Top Man. Operation Operation Baby Formula or Operation Yeah Airlift. The Airlift. Wet, wet nurse or whatever whatever they whatever they called it. They were gonna start start flying all these things in, but all these plane loads in. And and that kind of just disappeared, didn't it? it yes, the, uh, the it, it fell off the it fell off the radar screen after the after the airlift started that fell off the radar screen. But the Wall Street and, Journal follows up today to tell us that the situation's even worse. <laughs> Right. So so after that airlift and after all that baby formula that we should have been able to make here that we don't and we had to import, are all the shelves completely full and everybody's, they're, everybody's they're, satiated? They are worse than they were at any other what point in this in this in this formula shortage. And the airlift 
um, has uh, will actually it's not even done yet. It's going to be finished sometime this month. It will have brought in um, enough formula to account for uh, less than one week's consumption in the United States. That's after what two months of airlifts from from Europe. Um, I mean, this is this this is a, a, a yet another indication of complete incompetence and a failure to follow through. Either even in this case, you know, not just strategically but tactically. A, a good tactical solution would be to tell the FDA to drop the labeling dispute that they've got with European manufacturers so that you could start having imports while we're getting American, um, e e just do it temporarily, right? Um, now, lift tariffs now, with, with uh, on formula from Canada. So at least temporarily, you can get these imports to come across and you don't have to send Air Force jets over to pick it up. They will send it over because they want to sell it here. Um, they're not doing that. Now, now when, when this shortage really started to manifest itself, it's been building for a long time, but when it really started to manifest itself, and it became a crisis for the White House because people were. Well, those are two different. Out. Those are two different things. It started to I, manifest itself last fall. It I didn't become a crisis for the for the for the totally, White House until May. When 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 the media started reporting on yes, it and and it started to reflect in polling, and people really started to to you know lose their excrement over it. Well, when parents started to tell people, my baby's going to starve if you don't start getting formula and into the United you, States. You've got you know? parents having to put $6 gas in their car to go to go hunt in a 100-mile you know, radius to go try to hunt down baby formula. Right. That was, that, that's not cool, right? Right. So when that was happening was, what, two and a half, almost three months ago, right? Something uh, like that. When, 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 when that when, May. When it hit the... So, yeah, early May. Early May, half, about two months ago, early May. Two and, a, two and a half months ago. Okay, so when that started, uh, we heard from Joe Biden himself, we're going to have this handled in a couple weeks, right? Two, two, weeks, two weeks and we'll have this thing solved. Right. A lot of the White House staff, um, Jen Psaki at the time, uh, you know, all the, all the spokesholes out of the administration would come out and say, ah, two weeks, we, we're going to have this done. They sound like a contractor when you when you're, get, get your house fixed. Uh, two weeks, we'll have it done. Right. Then they decided to do the airlift, and they got that going. And when they when they started that whole process, then the FDA administrator came out, and he said, "Soon, we're going to have it. We're going to have it back very soon, maybe a month. But you know, month, six weeks tops, and every, it's going to be like it never was a problem. Everything's going to be ironed out." We're still well past that period, and there's right. no and there's no end in sight. No, and what happened is they they got Abbott to you know they finally allowed Abbott to reopen the facility after they did the whole cleaning and everything else like that. Then a storm hit, and it flooded the facility, so they had to do it all over again. Now they're only they've got limited production of one particular line, which is a specialty formula for infants that have trouble di with di with digestion, which is apparently was a, an absolute crisis for, for parents of these children, but they're not producing Similac yet and probably won't be for at least, at least not at scale. Right. And they probably won't be for another several weeks. There's something that the wall street journal mentions. Now, Biden, Biden's first action was to launch a website that had nothing on it, except for the, except for the phone numbers to the pr producers who could tell them and, the exact same thing. Yeah, we don't have and any. Did, and didn't work and didn't have the bandwidth uh, initially anyway. Right. And so, then they decided that they're going to do the airlifts and they're, and Joe Biden was going to sign the Defense Production Act to to demand 
more production of formula. Northrop Grumman going to maybe formula production. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that isn't working out either, right? No, it's really <laughs> and, not. and the reason why is because they don't. There isn't enough product. There isn't enough material for production right now. I mean, it's it's not a case of these guys are just sitting on their asses. They want to produce baby formula because they want to sell it. They know if they can get it into the stores, it's going to go fast, right? So they want to produce as much of it as possible. But the FDA and uh, and other regulatory agencies are are in the way of well, the FDA is the way. The FDA is in the way of imports, materials. right? But right. But the raw materials are not throttling the raw materials, but the raw materials are harder to come by because of the supply chain crises right. that have been going on during the entirety of the Biden administration, which the press also was ignoring until late last fall and it finally put um biden on the hot seat that was when pete Buttigieg was still on his two-month paternity leave if you remember correctly in the middle of a supply chain crisis the department of transportation decides to take a couple months off exactly uh, exactly right um, this administration again you know in, in 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 the bigger picture all the stuff that we're talking about the cpi number yesterday the ppi number the baby formula all this all this stuff and you want to tell me that people are going to be voting this fall on the J6 hearing? You you no. you want you you want to tell me people are going to be voting on Roe? Um, yeah. We 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 didn't talk about this last night. We should have. There was a poll that came out. I I and you'll remember which one it is. I don't I don't offhand. It's 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 a poll that showed the Democrats up for in the generic congressional ballot. Yeah, that was a uh, political morning cult consult. We can talk a little political bit about that. Political morning yeah. co uh, consult poll. And everybody's like, uh-oh, maybe the abortion thing, maybe maybe the Dobbs uh, case has an impact because all of a sudden it inverted it because the Republicans have been up on the generic congressional ballot uh, all the way through this year. Maybe things have, maybe, maybe things have, have flipped. But as you rightly uh, noted in your, your analysis of it, that same political morning consult poll, if you go back four months, six months, uh, this year, they had the Democrats up four, even when everybody else had Republicans sometimes up six, seven, eight, ten points, right? Right. Yeah, so, Political Morning Consult and YouGov are the two friendliest polls to Democrats on the generic uh, right. ballot. And so, and my point there being, if after Dobbs, there still is no movement in the Democrats' favor, they've basically held serve from six months ago to now and they haven't increased their lead in in a in a democrat leaning poll no. i like my chances yeah i mean again i think that the the value of a political morning consult is that it's a, it routinely does these surveys and so you've got a longitudinal series that you can look at and you can say look maybe this doesn't maybe this is an outlier in terms of other pollsters but you can take a look at least on the series and see if you see any but movement even, and right, there isn't even, any movement right even to them what it shows is there's they got no bump out it's of the it's all decision. it's all margin of error stuff it was it was it was at d plus four in mid-may it's d plus four now it's been d plus one d so plus two got, so, so in there between was no, there was no bump it's all margin uh, of error stuff yeah, yeah exactly so yeah i mean I mean, you can look at those kinds of polls and say, look, I mean, this is um, this is status quo. Nothing's changing. What you really want to look at is at the aggregate, right? So 538 and RCP, Real Clear Politics, both do aggregates of these polls, and, and they show a remarkably stable environment in the generic ballot that shows Republicans up two or three. And that's over the last several months. 
And remember again that anything better than a D plus five for Republicans is a good is, is a is, good is cycle. A wipeout because yeah. 20, 2010, which was uh, the last really really good off year uh, midterm election for the Republicans, uh, that was the Obamacare uh, year. Yep. Even that year, as as angry as everybody was at at the Democrats jamming down Obamacare, that the congressional generic ballot was still D plus three four. Yeah, something like that. And um, well, I think I think it actually um, I think it moved into R plus territory in the maybe last maybe right at the maybe right at the yeah I think it was end, right right at the very end it moved into R plus territory. But all the way through the year it was D plus. This something. is R this is R plus territory for months now, right? And it's not changing. And no. yeah, and that was against a uh, a president whose approval numbers were actually fairly decent. I mean, they weren't spectacular, but they were actually fairly decent in that. He was still election. well in the 40s. He, he was, was like you know, 40. Well, I'll tell you right now, because it's something that came up today. Um, in a different story, yes. In a different story. This is uh, the five, um, 538 has a story out uh, either last night or this morning. I think it might have been. No, it was this morning. Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong aggregate, but um, it was out last night. So 538 took a look at the. Uh, at Joe Biden's position in history, right? <laughs> and at, right. And Obama was at uh, 47%. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. I, I, Roughly I, 47%. I, I, That's nine points higher than Joe Biden is, right? Well, eight points higher. Eight points higher. It was eight points higher than Joe Biden is right now. And Republicans won 63 House seats. They won. Oh, they almost took enough to take back the Senate. They did it four years later. Um, right. They did that four years later. But I mean, these were um, these were uh, very. Um, this is a very different environment. And that you've brings got, us to. I mean, you've go ahead. got the you've got the NRSC now spending money on a Republican candidate in Connecticut. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure how wise that expenditure might be, but it's uh, you know they've got the money. You know, they've one, got they've the got, range now. One, one, they've got the money, and two, they're on offense. Right. They're, 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 they're seeing vulnerabilities in, in Connecticut. Right. That brings us to the um, Atlanta Journal-Constitution AARP poll in Georgia. <laughs> Which, Nonsense. You guys, you and Hugh talked about that this morning, right? Um, Hugh, Hugh said, uh, he, he brought me on just, just you know, I had no idea where he was going just with this. To gripe about this. It's, no, just to gripe about this. He says, he says, Dwayne, he said, what's the worst poll in a presidential year that you can re recall? He, he said, he said, he said, there's one poll in mind that I'm thinking of in 2020 that was the worst poll, the one that got it, the, you know, a statewide poll that had the 2020 and, uh, race, the absolute, you know, most wrong. And so that's easy. That's the Wisconsin poll. He yeah, said so the Wisconsin poll showed uh, uh, Biden beating Trump by 17 points. And I said the final was Biden plus 0.6 or something. Yeah, so they, they missed that by 16.4%. He goes, right. And who did that poll? And I said, I, I forget which poll it was. He said it was ABC Washington Post. Yeah, that's right. Two, yep. He said two two of the bigs in the business, and they, they missed that by 17 points. He said statewide polling is broken, and it's biased. And he says, I'm not buying it. He says, he says, I'll eat my hat if if Herschel Walker loses that race. He so, said, there's there's no way. So I took a look at the AJC poll. And just to let people know, Brian Kemp in this poll is up by seven points over Stacey Abrams, which is amusing enough. 
which 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 shows surprising strength that he's beating an incumbent like that. That's true. He's he's up against it's incumbent versus incumbent. Yes, with, with yes, versus yes. That, that's that's surprising strength in an AJC it, poll. For, it is. It well, for, it's surprising for, strength anyway. But yes, um, but uh, Herschel Walker's down three points against Raphael Warnock. So I thought, well, that. And they're, you know, the AJC is framing this as well. We're turning into a ticket splitting state. Well, that's certainly possible. I mean, and it's certainly possible that that Walker isn't getting as much draw in the electorate as Kemp is. Although I've never thought of Kemp as being particularly a popular figure in Georgia. Um, it, he's a much more experienced politician and Walker's had some stumbles on the campaign trail. So that point is certainly plausible. I'm not sure 10 point gap is plausible, but it's, at least it's plausible, right? However, 10 points in the gap, I should note, not not 10 points nominally. But however, I took a look at the model, the the sample of the of the poll, and it's evenly split. It's Republicans 34, Democrats uh, 33, and then I think independents are at 32, right? So it's evenly split. And I thought, golly, that looks strange for Georgia, you know, because I, I know it's been leaning... It's been going further to, you know, into purple status <clears throat> over the last couple of cycles, but that doesn't look right. So I took a look at 2018's turnout model, the actual turnout. The um, last midterm, the, right. the, ex, the exit polls from the last midterm there, which was a Democratic mini-wave. If people don't remember that, it's when Democrats took back the House. Uh, they didn't manage to take back the Senate, but they did manage to take back the House. Donald Trump was an unpopular president, not as unpopular as Joe Biden is now, by the way. You can see that on 538, too. Right. But but um, but bear in mind that the economy was strong at that point in time. Unemployment was low. Crime was uh, was still low at that time. And people were dissatisfied, mainly with Donald Trump and voted Democrats out. You know, just like a typical midterm, it's a referendum on the president and the president's unpopular. That's the turnout model that you wind up getting. Right. So then um, I took a look at the turnout model in 2018 and it was republicans 38 <laughs> democrats 34 and independents 28 and so, i'm and so i'm saying to myself they they underpolled republicans i'm, I'm undersampled republicans undersampled republicans oversampled independents democrats probably roughly equivalent if you're looking at a 2018 turnout model right if you're looking at a, a turnout model for an unpopular republican president <laughs> rather than an unpopular democratic president right. and i mean look i mean the, the the poll is the sample is what the sample is but what i'm saying is that doesn't look representative and my guess is that joe biden's not going to um depress republican turnout in georgia and he's not going to um he's not going to increase i think Democrat joe biden's I think Joe Biden's in the. I think he's in the high twenties of job approval in Georgia. No, no, thirty. Think... Well, in this poll at least, in this poll at least, thirty-five, sixty-four. If you look at civics, and I'll take a look at that right now. I think civics had. I think civics had him below thirty. I think you're right. I think civics has him below thirty. Of course, this is new because this is a a, a tracking poll that gets updated. And, and daily, by the but... way, and by the way, here's what my reporting tells Georgia, me. Georgia twenty-four sixty-two. <laughs> okay, twenty-four sixty-two. Okay, and that may be an outlier, but um, so split the split the baby in half, right? Twenty four in civics and thirty four in AJC, or yeah, whatever so it is, right? Twenty nine, basically. That that's not gonna that's 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 a really wet uh, 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 coattail effect, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a, it's it's, um, it's the it's the wet blanket effect is what it's going right. to be here's, on on Democrats and 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 Democratic uh, minded independents. It's a wet blanket. Here's effect. what my reporting tells me is going on in that Senate race down there. Um, nobody is concerned about Brian Kemp now. Brian Kemp is going to beat Stacey Abrams like a bongo drum. But right. in the Senate race, uh, Raphael Warnock is apparently not doing virtually any retail politics. It's all air war. He's just running ads, running ads, running ads. That's all he's got. Um, he's got lots of money. He's got lots of uh, D, uh, DSCC money that's running ads on his behalf. Herschel Walker is going town to town, doing retail politics, knocking doors, shaking hands, kissing babies, all that stuff. He's doing the retail politics. He's saving his cash, and he's going to spend the cash on on ads in the last six weeks, eight weeks once we get out of summer. But he's going around the state and reminding people of what they love about Herschel Walker, which is the personality stuff, right? He's he's a very winsome guy in person. Right. Um, he's doing retail politicking. Uh, no, uh, there's there's lots of consultants I talk to. Very few of them are, are worried about Herschel Walker versus Raphael Warnock. Warnock right. is hiding behind campaign ads, and that may work in a lot of different cycles. Biden, uh, Biden at twenty nine percent and inflation at at nine percent is that's 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 not a that's not a winning strategy. Nope, nope. All right. Well, we're just about out of time, and uh, I want to make sure that we get to tomorrow's uh, Hugh Hewitt show. I won't make you. I won't make you make a prediction on uh, the the Georgia races. Um, uh, do you think that Twitter will stay up the rest of the day? That's the only prediction yeah. I'm going to ask you. Uh, I think uh, I think Twitter will stay up. I, I think Twitter will have a better day than than, than the Dow apparently is going to have. Yeah. Um, you know, by the time that this actually gets put out, uh, the market will be either closed or close to closed. Uh, as we're taping this, it's off 523 points. I, I'm actually, um, I just looked and it's, it's down almost six, the, the, the Dow Jones is down almost 600 points and, um, S and P's down, uh, oh, it's, 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 I, I just refreshed it. It's at 607 at, yeah. as we, as, as, uh, as we record this. And uh, again, just legitimately give me the best case, the, the best message Democrats have to run on why you need to vote for a democrat in november i mean i'm genuinely curious what their best message is yep i don't know it, it I don't ain't know. there right it's all, all there. i can say is crazy republicans vote, that's the only thing that's the only thing they got to run on and it ain't working <laughs> right it ain't breaking through all right so what's coming up on tomorrow's hugh hewitt show Dwayne? uh larry arn sunny bunch will do movies um i think hugh's gonna do the uh do the economics of movies tomorrow with sunny bunch like okay so what so what does nine percent inflation do to the box office take does that affect people going to the movies or is it just the fact that there's a bunch of rotten movies out and no good movies to see is that what's causing uh a lot of problems but uh how how is uh how is the theater industry or the movie industry reacting to the price hikes? Uh, that's an interesting question. I, I think it really is based on content because Top Gun Maverick has been just absolutely doing, you know, uh, slam bam box office. I mean, it's, it's, it is, uh, it's a monster at the box office and for good reason. It's a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a reason the minions is, is outperforming, uh, uh, light year and, and there, and there's lots of comparables between the two. 
Um, you know, they're both they're, they're both the, the second pre or they're, they're prequels in a in a franchise, and both movies are the fifth movies in their respective franchises. I mean, yep. there's lots of comparables, and the Minions outperformed um, Lightyear in its fourth day. Right. And, yep. and and it's why because you put out a good product, people will come see it. That's exactly it. People are going to get more picky. That's what really the impact is going to be. People aren't going to waste money that's, on, that's, on, on bad products. I think what we're going to dive into is is there's going to be less tolerance for, for rotten movies because they're a relatively cheap way to, to entertain yourself. Yep. All right. Well, Dwayne Generalissimo Patterson, that comes up at 6 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. in God's time zone, 3 a.m. on the left coast. And, of course, if you're a member of the universe – you can watch the show. Um, if you're not a member of the universe, uh, then you have to turn it, tune it into your AM radio dial. Dwayne, where, where should people go if they can't find it on their AM radio dial? Well, if they can't find it on the AM radio dial, I think what you do is you bring in Pete Buttigieg and you explain to the GM um, if you don't uh, if you don't fix the supply chain uh, issue right now and put Hugh on the air. Uh, Pete's going to stay here and um, and work on baby formula in your office. Actually, I think what you have to do is if you're looking on the AM radio dial, you have to add 11.3% to the uh, to the frequency that you've been looking for it on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because yes. inflation, the dial on inflation is moving over, folks. So if it's not that, you know, for instance... In, in Minneapolis, St. Paul, 1280, uh, AM 1280, the Patriot is now probably going to be more like AM 1293.6. By, 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 the, by the time you finish the meeting, it's going to be at 1300. <laughs> exactly. Look at 1300 because it that's where it will be after inflation. But you can always go to... Um, uh, you can always go to hughhewitt.com. And don't forget to tune in tonight. Join the universe. Tune in tonight to Dwayne's After Show. He's going to be doing solo after show today, doing all sorts of clips and stuff. So that's always a lot of fun. Dwayne, thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next week. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right. Stay tuned for more from the Ed Morrissey Show coming up next. Thanks for being a part of the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Please subscribe at YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts for further episodes of the Ed Morrissey Show.